This is Negotiate X Podcast, show number 23. We've got to be able to identify that those difficult conversations are occurring, and you can't just bury them because they'll, they'll leak out like toxic waste, and you can't just rip them open and, and blast people with these conversations because that's like throwing fuel on a fire. There's, there's constructive ways to kind of discuss those difficult things around facts feelings and identity. And that is even more important today than when the book was book was written. When you think about things going on in 2021, both politically and socially, the need to have these more effective conversations. You're listening to Negotiate X Radio, helping you elevate your influence through purposeful negotiations. If you're here looking to learn about how to become a better negotiator in both business and life, then you're in the right place. Stay tuned and be sure to join the others who have benefited from NegotiateX.com, your home for negotiations training and consulting online. Welcome to another episode of the Negotiate X Podcast. I am your co-host, Nolan Martin, and with me today is my good friend, Aram Denijan. How are you doing today, sir? I'm good. I'm, I'm a little disappointed. No no original introduction for me there, Nolan? Well, yeah, I imagine the editing team's going to go back and probably show my screw-up from trying to introduce you. It's hard to come up with, like, new creative ways to introduce you to the podcast every time. Well, you know, you, you know me, I just, I like, I like just being consistent. I'm okay with the old, just kind of stick with the old, what works. <laughs> yeah. E- yep. Yep. E- well, keep I'm it, trying to keep, keep you on simple. your toes. I know that you're just like, uh, cringing at what I have to say to make sure I don't say anything stupid. It's, it's often a surprise. I, I will give you that. <laughs> well, today I am excited because we are going to be talking about your favorite books to help others improve themselves in the negotiations or in just the personal or leadership realm. So I know when we talked to Mike Baker, he had mentioned the importance of improving and that this is a a long play to basically add more tools to your backpack. So this is kind of going along those lines to put out to the audience like, hey, here are the books that we listen to that we improve our skills on and the reasons why you should check it out. So how does that sound, Aaron? Yeah, no, I, I the the greatest uh, leaders I've had in my life have always been folks who've been very voracious uh, readers. Uh, I I don't read nearly enough. My my wife outreads me probably three to one in a year, uh, at least. Uh, there's just so much great content and stuff being developed by people, and it doesn't have to all be books. I think you can find periodicals and and Wall Street Journal and other sources of information that are just great to digest. Uh, but certainly being able to dig in is going to be going to be beneficial. What's your opinion on reading a book versus listening to a book? Are you of of any strong opinion of either? Or I do. I do some of both. Yeah, it's a great, great thought. I, I think based on kind of how much learning you can do either way, I, I retain better when I read, but also because I often read with a pen in hand. And so I'll make notes either, you know, in the book on the margins, or I'll take keep track of things that oh, I really want to use that next time I'm, I'm teaching something because it's it helps clarify a concept less likely to do that. If I'm listening, I find listening to be very efficient. But I also find sometimes if I'm listening, it's because I'm doing something else like mowing the yard or 
or, or working somewhere or, or driving somewhere. And so maybe I'm not concentrating as much as I can. So I don't know if my retention's as high, but I think it's a personal preference. You know, I had just over an hour commute when I was working in DC. And so I loved the audiobooks and I was crushing them to the point where I could listen to two books a week or something to that effect. So, but that has since stopped. So I'm trying to figure out the best way for me to continue <laughs> uh, listening to the, to the books and everything like that. So get a yard that requires about three hours of mowing. That's <laughs> I got, I got a decent sized yard, but I guess I need to upgrade because it only takes me about an hour. So, <laughs> um, all right, let's, let's jump in to the books that you recommend that other negotiators should read or listen to to improve their skills. So with that, Aaron, what is book number one? Well, book number one, I don't think it's going to be any surprise to any of our listeners. It's going to be Getting to Yes by Roger Fisher, Bill Urie, and Bruce Patton. You know, this was, this was written over 40 years ago. It's really the standard when it comes to negotiation text. I say that because everything that's been written since has either either been to clarify what getting TS said or it's been to counter. And you know you've come up with something good if everyone is kind of measuring what they're going to write compared to to yours. And every, and it, and that's true, right? I mean, so if you have something like that, you know you've really hit it well and, and getting to yes is that way. Yeah, I think in, this was the the fundamental text that, you know, we had all cadets at, at West Point read. And I remember reading it with all my peers and it's like the fundamental book to all of your classes, is that the same for your MBA or classes that you teach at Dartmouth? Yeah, it, it's still it's still the same. I, I require all students to read this. If I have to cut down, I taught a summer course this past summer at Tufts, and um, if you know if I, I if I cut anything, I'm gonna I'm gonna hold on to getting to yes. It's gonna be the requirement just because it covers you know the general idea. So Fisher, you know the four key points: separate people from the problem focus on interest, not positions, invent mutual options, looking for mutual gain before deciding what to do. And then the last one is insist that the criteria or the result be based on some objective standard. What I think is important to note, if I don't mind jumping in here, is that this is the textbook that started the HBR negotiations program or the same thought. Is that correct? Yeah, it's really it's really rooted in a lot of the initial uh, work at PON and, and elsewhere. Yeah, great, great. Yeah, so I think that I think having a solid foundation of where these ideas come from before they maybe take shape and the way that Vantage and others and, and and certainly us use the concepts and frame the concepts today, I think it's very really helpful to to have that. I think it's worth to note too as we as we read that in the, the title getting to yes, my understanding is that wasn't the authors didn't love that name because the idea of getting to yes isn't incredibly hard. There's a lot of ways to get to a yes in a negotiation. It was it was insisted upon by the publishers at the time, and again, different times 40 years ago. But the concepts, I really, uh, when you get dig into what the concepts are, they hold true. They're, they're principles that, that stand that stand the test of time. They, they stand well. So yeah, definitely recommend that as, as the starter for anyone. Yeah, and I think anyone listening, so what we're going to do is we're going to link all this information down in the show notes. So you should be able to find that. Also, if you want to go to negotiatex.com slash 23, that'll be the... Uh, executive summary and the transcript and everything for today's episode. And you can also find the link to these books there as well. All right, Aram. So is that anything else with getting to yes? Well, I could, I could spend, I could spend a whole, <laughs> whole term talking, getting to yes. So uh, pick, pick it up folks and read it, read it with an open mind. I, I would say it's, 
It's a highly misunderstood text, and it's it's pretty powerful. My next one builds off of it. My next one is called Difficult Conversations by uh, Sheila Heen, Bruce Patton, and Douglas Stone. And, and I think I probably get the order of the authors there uh, in, the, in the incorrect order, but also comes out of the Harvard Negotiation Project. And it really talks about how in negotiation, in these situations where we're having difficult conversations because we see things differently. There's these three conversations going on that are different. So there's a there's a facts-based conversation, there's a feelings-based conversation, there's an identity-based conversation, each one of those kind of deeper, if you think about peeling away the, the layers of an onion, getting, getting deeper. And we've got to be able to identify that those difficult conversations are occurring and you can't just bury them because they'll they'll leak out like toxic waste, and you can't just rip them open and and blast people with these conversations because that's like throwing fuel on a fire. There's there's constructive ways to kind of discuss those difficult things around facts, feelings, and identity, and that is even more important today than when the book was book was written. When you think about things going on in 2021, both politically and socially, the need to have these more effective conversation. So that's always my, it's always kind of my number two following getting DS for folks. Yeah. I think it's extremely important when we talk about, especially if we're, we're backing up, we're talking about, you know, when both of us were deployed and now you're talking about cross culture and the importance of really digging deep into conversations. I know that it's definitely impacted how I have negotiated here in the past. And so I'm sure it's had the same kind of impact uh, to you. So that's, that's a book that I'm going to need to pick up and uh, continue improving on my communication skills. So, so my friend, I'm going to challenge you. Pick up a second copy and let, okay. let your wife read it. Okay. When my wife read it, it changed our marriage in the sense that she didn't. She stopped letting me get away with being a, a lazy conversationalist. And she yeah. used to say, you know this stuff. You teach this stuff. You, you can be better. And uh, that was that book, Difficult Conversations, was very impactful for our personal relationship. And that was that was great going back going back maybe 15 years ago. So, yes, because because you're absolutely true. It it applies in all these different contexts where we're discussing things. Right. And as my students would say, you know, I I define those discussing things as as all these mini negotiations, oftentimes where we're trying to influence and be influenced. Yeah. So yeah, definitely, definitely a pickup folks for both, both your professional and your personal lives. Okay, great. All right. Number three, number three, you ready for number three? Yeah. I go number th- All right. Number three, beyond reason by Roger Fisher and Daniel Shapiro. Daniel Shapiro has some other things out that are marvelous. Negotiating the non-negotiable comes to mind. This makes my top three and it's get what you want, improve your relationships using emotions as you negotiate beyond reason. And they talk, and we've talked about these before, these core concerns, emotional concerns that people have. And if you think about what concerns are, we would really define those as interests, you know, needs, fears, concerns, motivations. And these are emotional ones. And these are appreciation, affiliation, autonomy, status, and role. And being able to acknowledge those things, both for yourself and for the other person that you're negotiating with can be so powerful. Sometimes it's just the acknowledgement that needs to happen to kind of satisfy that need. And other times it's, you know, understanding how you actually build in the role for someone in, in the agreement. And that becomes a fairly low cost trade to make that could have incredible value. But it's, it's these very deeply held emotional needs that come up in, uh, in Beyond Reason. And I, and I just... 
again, as I kind of go deeper from getting to yes to difficult conversations to beyond reason, I just those three together are a wonderful set of readings for folks. Yeah, it's funny that you mentioned the uh, acknowledging as as part of the importance that you took out of that book. I mean, going back to my company commander times or platoon leader times. So that's when I'm in charge of between 30 to 120 soldiers. I always found to have the greatest impact, whether we were making a change that was not popular or even if it was popular, as far as getting the leaders in a room and being able to talk through and just hear their opinion and, and actually be like, hey, it is going to impact our decision or not. I don't know. It's just kind of important that that I noticed that, you know, I had a lot of success with and not not everyone surprisingly does it. And so, yeah, I think uh, that was kind of a key takeaway that I took away from from what you just said. So, yeah, I think there's a tendency when we get so ready to solve problems because many, you know, you and I both lived for a number of years in you know, an organization, U.S. Army, that's it's all about solving problems, right? And many of our listeners uh, in their professional lives are doing the same thing. They're all about solving problems. And we get so oriented on fixing the problem. It's really easy to ignore what you're describing, Nolan, the impact and the emotional trigger or effect that, you know, taking action may have on folks and how it's going to impact them. And so Beyond Reason really kind of cuts to that and, and gets at that that aspect. Yeah, it's, it's great. We need to be people of action. Absolutely. And at the same time, we need to be able to recognize the impact it's going to have on, on those that we are either working with or, or who are going to be crucial to implementing whatever we agree upon. Yeah. And so now I'd like to kind of transition because I know that you said that you had some other books that weren't necessarily written all about negotiations. You're getting a little bit ahead. Hold okay, on one second. I'm sorry. Are you, I'll, let you, I'll let you go there in just a second. Yep. But I do have I do have my my fourth bonus. This is the bonus. Okay. So this is my colleague and mentor Jeff Weiss, who wrote the HBR Guide to Negotiating. And so I, I would be I would be failing if I didn't mention this. And what Jeff does is he really encapsulates the last forty years of negotiation work by so many people in this book. And so to me, this is the FM, the field manual, as you and I would talk it. Right. This is seven eight. This is how we're going to run the drills and, and the all the all the react to contact and and everything else you've got to know this inside out and i say it's an fm because you very quickly can can say what's the problem what's the situation what's a tool for allowing me to do that and so so much of what you and i've covered in our sessions the work that we uh, aspire to do with clients the training and teaching that, that we're involved in Really, it's 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 codified here in 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 Jeff's book, and so uh, you know, is in terms of a handbook, this will be it's a different sort of read, I believe, than the three I mentioned for for folks. But if you want something on the shelf that you can pull off and say, how do I do X, Y, and Z better? Jeff's book will will get you there. So that was the bonus one. Now we can transition. Well, hold on. Oh, now, sorry. Now oh. I got to cover this because you know. Sorry. Jeff was a professor of mine and um, a good friend that I've been able to maintain um, in contact with over the years, more of a mentor of mine. So, but the one thing that, you know, that you just said that stuck out the most is so when I was fortunate to be able to spend some time in the Ranger Regiment, Special Operations, we had this playbook, like you had said, kind of this SOP. And it was just like, you know, a pocket sized book that, that the Rangers were able to look through and new rangers would be able to learn the different battle drills, but then the rangers were able to go out and actually test the battle drills. And if there was ever like 
a question about whether somebody was doing something that they should or shouldn't do, they'd literally refer to this manual. And it was phenomenal for being able to train junior leaders and, and subordinates alike because it was all in one place. So I think that, you know, as we've talked about organizations and, and negotiations and, and coaching your team to work together, that this is definitely a fundamental read and something that they should all have as they go into, you know, figuring out how to work together and solve the problem. So, yeah, that's well said. Hey, that, that was really, that's, that's a great summary. It, it, it provides that common language and framework, just like what you're talking about. And it's quite pocket size, but it's not too much bigger than that. It's certainly, you know, kind of rucksack flap, top flap size. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, it, and it definitely provides exactly what you're describing. Yeah, that's a great summary. Yeah. Well, all right. So now jumping into the non-straightforward negotiations book. I know that you had a few. I do. Yeah. And there's so many more in the books we could discuss. There's just been so much great content, but those were in terms of negotiation specific books. So let me hit a few that I think are, are helpful. And I think that that's also the reason I wanted to go here was I think sometimes as negotiators, you can wear yourself out trying to pick up every single text on negotiation. I think there's a lot of parallel leadership type books or psychology books that can be really helpful and improve what we're doing at the table. So I'm just going to hit a few. And if listeners are curious about more, happy to share share more because I won't get to all of them. But I'm going to start with the amazing Brene Brown and Dare to Lead. There is a, a an old Roger Fisher clip that I use when I teach negotiation. It has Roger says, you know, you got to use these elements of negotiation in a way that's they're congruent with each other, right? You can't make a commitment that damages the relationship, can't come up with an option that doesn't meet the, the interest. They need to be congruent with the situation, right? So the moment that you're asking somebody to, you know, make a commitment to you, you know, it's not the time you remind them of your alternatives and they have to be congruent with you and who you are. Um, you have to be able to say what you mean and mean what you say. That's a powerful clip for me to share with students because it's at the core of what I believe about negotiation. I don't believe that when we negotiate that we're simply, you know, actors on a stage pretending to be some someone else. And that's that tends to be a popular thought. Brene Brown strikes at that because she talks about vulnerability as as leaders and our willingness to show our underbelly and the organizational context that creates. And I think as negotiators, we need to do that and we need to recognize why we are resisting to be open and transparent and somewhat vulnerable. And it's probably rooted in some faulty thinking and mindset that we can protect ourselves through when we understand negotiation, maybe in a broader way. So I would pick up anything by Brene Brown. Braving the Wilderness is, is another powerful book that was written, I think, in 2016, could have been written for 2021. Dare to lead. It'll gut check you. And there's a, an assessment in there too. Um, so kind of a parallel book, but a, but a powerful one, I think, for improving how we negotiate. Yeah. And I think, you know, over my time kind of learning about negotiations through you and, you know, learning leadership lessons from the Army, they really go hand in hand. You improve your leadership qualities, you can improve how you negotiate. It's kind of one and the same. Or maybe not one of the same, but very similar. So, yeah, I think that's a that's like a good book. Yeah, I frame it up that way. No matter where I teach, we were quite explicit when we taught the course at West Point. Jeff insisted the course be taught negotiation for leaders. That we saw negotiation as a an essential leadership skill, but more than a skill, right? A mindset, uh, an attribute, and really to what you're saying, I think is we know as leaders 
that if you're just pretending, if you're just acting, you'll never show up. You'll never show up fully engaged, present in the way that you could when you show up with your whole body. And and that's what we want you to show is we want the whole person, who you are as a negotiator. We want all that to show up at the table and and not just bits and pieces or pretending to be somebody you're not. Yeah, it's awesome. What's uh, What's the next book? Well, the next one really helps us do that. So it's this book called Mindfulness by Mark Williams and Danny Penman. Mindfulness is a pretty powerful concept around around mediation, or sorry, meditation, um, meditation, and just being present, right? Being present with our, our surroundings. Um, and, and this is really about engaging with ourselves. And I think it's really important to consider that how I engage with others starts with how I've engaged with myself first. And I am I aware of my own feelings and emotions and and sense of being present and, and, and what's going on? And can I set aside those distractions and focus on the here and now? And that's a personal thing first before it ever starts with somebody else. So the practice of mindfulness, when I was at the Air Force Academy, we had some mindfulness groups that were meeting. Mindfulness, it says here early on in the book, is about observation without criticism being compassionate with yourself. Unless you do that, and and it's something we can train, which is why the practice of mindfulness is is so very popular, but it's something we can train. And if we can train that, uh, we can probably do a lot of our other negotiation stuff that much better. Yeah, it's going to be definitely a a book that I need to pick up because I know that, you know, sometimes it's hard to take that internal look on how you you feel about something, not necessarily feelings-based, but you know, how you conceptualize something or how you can improve like that self-awareness that you had spoken about. It's definitely an area that I know everyone can improve in. So definitely something that, that I'll need to pick up there as well. We'll pick it up. There's a, it's an eight-week program to kind of get you started on the habits. And I will I will commit to going back through it with you, Nolan. And maybe some of our listeners will uh, will commit to that too. But you and I can go through it together because it's it's great to just check. We can check in right before our, before we do our recordings. It's uh, again really powerful. All right, last the last one, and I hate to say last one because there's so many so much great stuff out there. A gentleman by the name of John Medina wrote Brain Rules, and I had a chance to meet John a number of years ago. And and what what I like about this is so much what you and I are talking about with all these other books involve things that are going in going on inside of our brains, and that is a really complex. Not only is it a complex organ, but that's a complex science. And I will often say, I don't teach brain science. I don't teach rocket science, right? And yet, what we what we do teach and work with is going on up there. And so, what John, what Dr. Medina has done in a magnificent way, is simplified the brain activity with kind of 12, 12 rules of how the brain operates. And so if if you're interested in everything we've talked about, I, I think it's it's just a very handy sort of easy read for, ah, this is going on and this is why I think or react or respond naturally the way I do. And, and that can be really helpful. No, so, I mean, that sounds like uh, another pretty important read. I know that you've basically got your homework out for me. It sounds like I've got several books that I've got to get caught up on. So, no, I appreciate you sharing with me today, Aram. Is there anything else you wanted to cover before we kind of went into our key takeaways and what our listeners should get from today's episode? No, I would just say that, I mean, that's that's a start. And and certainly as our listeners, if they add comments or feedback, by all means, share share your favorite 
negotiation books because there's there's more out there that we haven't covered. Maybe we'll cover on another episode and there's just there's so much more. My shelves are usually filled with my negotiation books and so I've trimmed them down, but I haven't I haven't pulled them all off there yet. So there's certainly more. And by all means, you should share with others uh, the things that you find useful and impactful. You know what we'll do is we'll actually add this as a page to the website. We could probably add it in our tool section to be able to show the uh, the different reading lists that you recommend. So that way it's kind of all in one place that our listeners can go to and and start you know expanding their knowledge on everything that you're recommending. Sounds good. That yeah, sounds great. And then my next question is, Aaron, when are you going to write a book? Because now I'm going to put your feet to the fire because I know that you've talked about it. So what do we... When we write uh, the book. I got to find, I got to find the space and I don't mean time because I'd love to sit down and write. It'd be fun. I think I got to find the right space, Nolan. I, the, we just went through some brilliant people who have, who found the space for what they were saying. And so I, I you know, I, I'm not, I'm not aiming to write an improvement on getting DS. My thinking would align with it. I'm not looking to write a counter to someone else's. So something that would be uniquely mine. We'll see. We'll see if that, if the future holds that. But probably not in the immediate future. Um, Find find the space. Coming (laughs) soon, maybe. Maybe. We'll see. All right. Well, uh, all right. So what are some key takeaways that we can kind of give our listeners today to help them uh, elevate their influence through purposeful negotiation? Yeah, I'm going to go back. You you mentioned Officer Baker, Mike Baker, earlier in the the episode. And I go back and the the best best way to get better at negotiation is certainly to practice, to be well-prepared. And Mike said you know, to get your hands, everything you can get your hands on to read, read, read and, and engage with. And so this is a sampling of seven texts. There's others, uh, but be hungry, be a hungry learner. I would say that regardless of all those different ways to get better as negotiation, the thing they all have in common is uh, the person is proactively learning. And if, if you commit yourself to that discipline, that's, that's going to be the best way to help you get get better. Yeah. And then I think kind of key takeaway from, from me is everyone has got to read both Jeff Weiss's HBR Guide to Negotiations and then Getting to Yes. I think everything we talk about is rooted within those two kind of texts. So it's definitely something you can pick up. And then we probably don't even need to do the podcast anymore because everyone's going to be like, hey, I read the books. I know what's going on. We figured it out. So I don't know if we're putting ourselves out of business, Aaron, but... Maybe, because there's probably some people out there smarter than us and certainly better looking than us. Yeah, could, absolutely. That, that, could, that could do this. So <laughs> we'll, we'll let them run with it. All right. Well, thanks for listening to today's episode. I really appreciate it. If you could do us a favor, you know, if you could leave us a review and a rating on wherever you listen to this podcast, it's definitely going to help us out. And, you know, it's going to help us get in front of other leaders who are trying to improve their skills in negotiation. So we greatly appreciate that. If you are a organization that you're looking to have some one-on-one coaching or anything like that, we are starting to accept new clients. So please just reach out at uh, team at negotiatex.com. We'll get the email. We'll take care of you from there. We'll also be adding kind of a contact sign-up page on the website coming soon, currently in development. So really appreciate everyone listening. Thank you. And we will see you in the next episode. Thank you for listening to Negotiate X Radio, helping you elevate your influence through purposeful negotiations. If you're here looking to learn about how to become a better negotiator in both business and life, then you're in the right place. Be sure to join the others who have benefited from NegotiateX.com, your home for negotiations training and consulting online.